This is the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and we are the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com and proud members of the Dynasty Football Net- Network at DF underscore network on Twitter. And big news, lots of big news, and we're going to cycle through it quick because we have two amazing guests and a lot of rookie nonsense to cover. Uh, first of all, the Patreon page is live. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, and that's where the first episode will drop sometime on Friday, and the first one will be free. That's how we hook you. The first one's always free. Um, and it is uncensored from a language standpoint. Now, that doesn't mean there's ever going to be any X-rated content. That's not our bag. Um, it can be. But still want to make sure that even though there's uh, some salt and pepper in the form of some colorful language, you don't ever have to worry about it, you know, explaining certain situations. So the shows will be shorter, uh, 15 to 30 minutes, at least one a week, sometimes two a week. Um, and it's just designed to be a little bit less of an actual show show and just a more of a BS session, kind of like the one I did well, last week as a bonus with G of the Aussie guys. Um, it, it may be me. It may be Jerry. It may be with guests. It may not be. It's going to be a mix of IDP, Devi, Redraft, Life, Movies, Parenthood, just stuff. The biggest thing is that it's going to be fun. Um, we'll have all the pricing and tiers and everything on there. And, and listen, we're not trying to get rich. We're just trying to uh, expand the show and to do that and... Uh, I would like to get to the point to where we could hire an editor so I don't have to edit and do all this and I could just really focus more on the show. Last thing I got before I bring him on, you know who you're waiting for, the Listener League. We're still waiting on a couple of people to return DMs and everything, but we're not in a hurry. Um, everything's on track. I'd love to get started on Saturday. And uh, if you start getting random threatening tweets from a guy named Jerry Sin DFF on Twitter, uh, you might want to respond to those. Because he is a good guy, but uh, kind of like the Hulk. You know, I'm a big Avengers fan. Don't make him angry. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. Uh, and finally, we are on Clipcast, at Clip underscore cast on Twitter. It is the podcast search engine where you could throw in a player's name. Like, we're going to discuss people like, I don't know, Nicole Hardman kind of uh, polarizing right now. You might know want to know what we're, uh, we're going to talk about. But enough with all that. I want to bring him on. He is the man of the hour, the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's going on tonight? A bunch. A lot of rookie drafts, my friend. We are in one together, which you are just knocking out of the park. I am looking at it right now. Miles Sanders, Nicole Hardman, Daryl Henderson. Let's keep it going. Debo Samuel. Look at this guy. Irv Smith. Okay, Randy. I see you out here. Uh, I, I came into that draft, I think, with eight draft picks. I ended up... Going to end up making five or six. Did move David uh, Njoku along the way, but uh, it's not tight end premium. It's a it's a very basic one QB, non-tight end premium league, but it's a very old, near and dear one to my heart. Not only have we added you, we've got the FF fellas. We've got, it's actually their league. It was one that Seth and Kyle uh, brought me into. We've brought in Nate, uh, at Nate underscore Pilmer on Twitter. It used to know him as a dynasty dog. 
Uh, he's he's just a hardworking guy who loves Dynasty and is really a good player and trader, but he's not looking to uh, to do all this craziness in the industry. But Jerry, we got to knock out some news real quick because we got some amazing guests that will be here any minute. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. This is the news. All right. Well, luckily, with all the rookie shenanigans going on, there's not a ton of news to talk about. There's some wide receiver news. Uh, Mar- Martavius Bryant, Marty McBee, looking to get reinstated as he's trying to stay away from the weeds. And, uh, you know, I heard he's out there snorting the weeds, Jerry. That's not good. No, it's not good. And <laughs> listen, in similar news, I'm actually looking to get drafted next year also. Is that a fact? Well, m- maybe, maybe. Marty McBee, Josh Gordon. Who's the guy from the Dallas Cowboys who really likes his weed? Uh, Randy Gregory. Uh, he, he's That's actually trying to get better. Oh, there, I guess he fights people, isn't he? There, there, there's another. No, that was um, that was the domestic violence guy who's now fighting in the UFC. But anyway, um, I, you know, I, I looked at him. I, I don't know where he would go if he goes back to the Raiders. I mean, he's he's don't a who play cares. that game. He, if, stop it. If you're on a really deep league where maybe you own like a Pharaoh Cooper. Or a um, okay. um, a, a Tavon Austin, I, I think I'd rather own Marty McBee. Uh, we, we we've seen it, so you know that's for those really deep thirty plus. Uh, I just wrapped up Trade Attic Seven where we drafted thirty seven rounds. So uh, there's a couple of turtlets that could go off of my team there, and uh, Marty McBee would look all right. And uh, speaking of old turtlets, Emmanuel Sanders and Dez have both been seen running routes. In, uh, and in Sanders' case, in cleats, post-Achilles surgeries last year. Jerry, again, any interest? Uh, I actually saw in one of my leagues, Emmanuel Sanders got traded for a random fifth. Anything, Dez, Emmanuel? Eh. I mean, I took Dez with the last pick of a startup draft. The like, I will likely drop him for a rookie that's a free agent out there at some point. But I mean, if you want to take a shot, Achilles is something you don't mess around with. I mean, if I'm taking any wide receiver that has an Achilles, it's Felton Davis, the rookie out of Michigan State, A, because I'm a homer, B, just because he's 22 and not 31. Yeah. Uh, post and, and who's not been mentioned in, in this bit of news is Demarius Thomas, who's now a Patriot. I'm kind of very meh on, on all of them. If I have them, I'm not giving them up. I think what potentially could be their real-world value to your fantasy team is going to be worth a lot more than that potential fourth or fifth round pick you may get for him. So I'd much rather just hold and see what happens. And maybe, just maybe, you can get lucky and flip one of them for maybe even a third or a second in season if they actually show a little something. But don't hold your breath. You'll probably be cutting them somewhere along the way to pick up the new hotness that is some rookie waiver wire guy. And uh, speaking of old wide receivers, it has been said that one A.J. Green says he'll be ready for camp. Now, me personally, I see this as both good and bad news. It's good news that he'll be ready for camp because camp's important, especially when your head coach is new, installing a new offense. Uh, luckily, he's already got some rapport built up with the uh, the Red Rocket, a.k.a. Dogs. Hey, uh, Andy <laughs> Dalton. Andy Dalton and A.J. Green, they have a thing, which is good. My concern is, is, why is that news? Why do you have to tell me that? You know what? Are you still so jacked up that you can't go to minicamp, run a route or two, hang out with the fellas, that that makes that, that gives me a little pause. You know what I'm saying there, Jerry? No, I do, and it is scary. It's scary, but listen, it, it's a good thing if he does show up and he does all those things. But it is sort of weird that they just bring it up. Like it, it, you should, he should be there. You don't need to mention it. 
And this next one, it's kind of in the same vein, but similar. Carry on Johnson said his knee is 100% healthy, and he's ready to roll. I think this is a good thing. And I know all the carry on truthers out there, of which Jerry is one. And that's cool. I don't dislike carry on, not one bit. But I do want to say that the, the team did you a solid by by bringing in guys like C.J. Anderson. They, they're keeping Theo Riddick around. I believe they put a tender and signed, re-signed Zach Zinner. That's a good thing. I don't think Carrion's built for the bell cow role. You know, if he walks away with 55-60% of the touches in Detroit, I think Lions fans and Carrion owners are both going to walk away at the end of 2019 very happy. And hopefully, Carrion walks away pretty healthy. What do you think, Jerry? I agree fully. I mean, I am a truther, but the dude's good when he plays. And listen... Of course, he's fully healthy. They shut him down last year. That team was tanking. They were trying to get a higher pick, so they shut him down and Marvin Jones down. He had a two- or three-week injury. They sat him for seven. They they were trying to lose. I, I mean, they wanted to draft my hero, TJ Hawkinson, who I'm sure we will talk about much later in the show. A uh, couple of last bits of news. Isaiah Crowell, who I was a fan of. Uh, Ter- was it an Achilles or an ACL? He tore something in training last week and he gone either way it's josh jacobs season now it was yeah it was josh jacobs you don't spend the 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 24th overall pick in the first round to even consider giving crowell any kind of a bell cow role they did resign doug martin and marshawn lynch of course mentioned he would come back out of retirement no marshawn we're good doug anderson you suck I would much rather see it be some combination in the backfield of Josh Jacobs, Chris Warren, and Jalen Rashad. Old J-Dick. Jerry, did I miss anything in this Oakland backfield? No, no you found all the crap. Uh, I actually rather like Josh Jacobs. and uh, 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 No, I, I mean outside of him. No, uh, I, I listen, I'm fine. I've poo-pooed on the boy. But listen, when you're in the situation that he is, where he's getting it all, no, I listen. I didn't think there was a chance I would take him, but I already have two shares of him. So just to show you that if the value is right, the value is right. The value is never wrong. And the last bit of news is that there's lots of buzz around Kyle Rudolph and his $7.1 million contract on a team that's a, a little strapped for cash up there in Minnesota. Not like an actual like terms of value. They, they, they got a sack full, but the NFL only lets you spend up to a certain limit every year. They call it a salary cap, and they're up against it. So uh, losing Kyle and his $7.1 million would do them uh, a lot of good. They did just draft Irv Smith from Alabama in the draft. And uh, New England is uh, rumored to be a strong suitor. Now, this makes sense. New England did not draft a tight end. The only really tight end of note on New England is Austin Safarian Jenkins. Now, a couple years ago, I was a big ASJ truther. He got sober. God bless him. I hope he's continuing in his fight and in his walk, and I support him in that. I do not support him on my dynasty rosters. I do not support him as an NFL player. I would love it as a big fan of Kyle Rudolph to see him, you know, play the last few years in that offense, and I think that would be a pretty cool offense. You know, they they just drafted Enkeel Harry. Still got Sony, James White, and the newly added Damian Harris. Uh, Edelman, yeah, you, there you go. Stir them all up in a pot with one guy named Thomas Brady. And I think you got a thing. What do you think? I think it's good. And listen, I like unsexy, mediocre tight ends like Kyle Rudolph. They're always the guys I go for. So if he ends up on the Patriots, 
all those shares will pay off. You know, unsexy, and this is a little bit of a side note, but unsexy players like, you know, Kyle Rudolph, um, who are we talking about at quarterback earlier? Matt Ryan. You know, draft Twitter and draft dynasty treats guys like that the way that women treat the nice guy. Hey, you're a nice guy. You got a job. You're employed. You treat women respectfully. Um, you know, you, you do all the right things. I like you as a friend. And, and, and that's how dynasty Twitter treats guys like Kyle Rudolph and Matt Ryan. Oh, they're fine. They're, they're, they're my friend. Everybody in draft Twitter and everybody likes the bad boy. You know, Matt Ryan and Kyle Rudolph aren't sexy enough to, uh, to be on your dynasty roster. You ever noticed any of that? Oh, yeah. But more importantly, Randy, let's bring in the bad boys of the fantasy Speak, Jerry, right look at you. You're getting ready for Patreon. I'm so proud over here. You could see my face, which I think you can. I think for like on, on, on camera. I'm so proud of you. That is a great segue. Let's bring on the bad boys of the DynastyFootballFactory.com. You know them as the Madman and Shane Manella. Let's get these guys. All right, guys. Before we bring on Shane and Jeremy, I got to give you a little bit of a heads up. First of all, I want to make sure I shout out our amazing sponsor, Trophy Smack. Uh, Trophy Smack is the top of the hill, the king of the mountain, if you will, as it relates to trophies, belts, all that fun stuff for your dynasty and fantasy league. Um, I'm a belt guy, but if you want to get a trophy right now, using our promo code DWZRING, all caps, DWZRING, if you buy any trophy and put it in your cart and then add a ring, which is almost a $60 value, use that promo code, again, DWZRING, and then that ring becomes free in your cart, and you just pay for the trophy. They have the perpetual trophy, which means you can switch out the topper, give last year's league champ the topper, and buy a new topper every year. That's what it means by perpetual, is that you always use the base to pass around, and uh, each champion gets a keepsake, if you will, from each of their victories. And so make sure you do that. Like I said, I'm a belt guy. You know, I'm an old pro wrestling fan, even though pro wrestling nowadays sucks. But they got all that over at trophysmack.com. You can go to the link at the top of our Twitter page at Dynasty Warzone. There's a hyperlink. You click on that. You go on there. Use that code DWZRING, and you are all set. And then one little disclaimer. This week's episode of the Dynasty Warzone might have a little bit of language that's not family friendly. So if you're listening to this in the car, you got the kiddos, maybe you're in your cubicle or your office at work, you don't have headphones in, now would be a good time to hit pause and maybe put those headphones in. Or hit pause and listen to the radio. Maybe sing Baby Shark. I don't know. Do, 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 do. But at the same time, this one is not the most family friendly. We recorded real late, so I don't have time to get it re-edited and ready for Wednesday, and do both. So wanted to make sure that we met our Wednesday commitment, but I wanted to give you a disclaimer that if the foul language bothers you, sorry in advance. Uh, There's a handful of F-bombs and just a hair of technical difficulty due to the internet connection. But outside of that, it's an amazing show with two amazing guys and some really good content trying to help you figure out what to do in this post-apocalyptic NFL draft world. So Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's get to Shane and Jeremy. All right, and we are here with our two 
not one, but two guests. Uh, first of all, two weeks in a row with a Shane. Last week was Shane P. Hallam, and if you haven't listened to that episode, I suggest you highly go back and check it out. It was a really good show. But this week, it's the Shane, um, at DFF underscore Shane. That is Shane Manella of the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast, as well as writer extraordinaire for all things DynastyFootballFactory.com, Fantasy Pros, uh, all over the place. And then one of his two co-hosts, uh, it was too late in the evening to record with old Mike Sipes, so we're letting him get, a, get, get to bed early. But his other co-host, Jeremy, at DFF underscore Madman, is also joining us. So welcome back to the show for the first time in a long time for, for Jeremy, but not too long for Shane. He was on back during Valentine's Day with uh, old friend John Dabari. Welcome, Shane and Jeremy. How you doing, guys? Hey, guys. So r- real, real quick story. So I like Shane P. Helm, um, and he was actually on another show in the last couple weeks that I listened to. I, f- I forget which one. But every time he's on a podcast and I listen to it and they go, well, what do you think, Shane? And I go, what the fuck? I'm on the show? <laughs> like, it, it, it takes me a second because, you know, my name's not a, a common name. You know what I mean? So every time, every time he's on a podcast and someone says his name, I'm like, wait, what? Huh? You, you go How from do they like- know I'm listening? <laughs> you you go from listening to answering on the fly. Yeah. So, so listen, we brought these guys on. First of all, if you're not following both of these guys on Twitter, you are doing it all backwards. Uh, Shane is not only one of the more colorful personalities on Dynasty Twitter, but he is an absolute saint as it relates to retweeting polls. But he's got a great theory. Shane, what happens if they don't follow you but tag you? Oh, um, they get muted. Straight up immediately. Muted. It's, it's a good yeah, policy. I- and I'm not even voting on your fucking poll. Fuck your poll. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I basically, uh, I, I can't think of words today, but I compared it to you treating me like a dumb dancing monkey where you're like, hey, monkey, you 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 have followers. You tweet this for me and you, you tell me what you think about this trade. But um, I don't want to follow you. Also, I don't want to read your work and I don't listen to your podcast. But thanks. Give me your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to network you and then uh... – Jeremy, you also uh, do a lot of retweeting and answering of polls. Do you have any uh, strict policies like Shane? No, I don't even really notice if those people follow me or not. I don't keep tabs on it too well. I'm uh, frankly surprised I have as many as I do have. I'll never ask for more. I mean, honestly, I just uh, I don't notice if the guys that, that tag me um, you know, follow me. Uh, there probably are a lot, but you know what? It's cool that they think enough of us to ask our opinions, you know, and get us to retweet. So, um, and that's based on what we do on the HQ. So I just think it's pretty cool. Well, I have mental issues. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny that. So I, I mean, clearly my, my ethos, my life ethos aren't ones that everyone should follow. So let's, we'll just put that out there. You have to have standards. I'm with you, Shane, though. If you don't follow me, I'm, I'll probably vote, but I'm not. I'm not writing anything out for you. you... And it... Is Shane still there? And I'll likely... dance a little. I'll give you a little dance. I won't give you a good dance. I won't give you my good game. Um, that I really believe. <laughs> You're getting the opposite side. Yeah. And I might. If I'm feeling... Really, like, even respond to you and give you all types of wrong information. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like, oh, didn't you read a blurb? He's getting cut. Yeah. LaShawn McCoy is better than Chris Godwin. You're good, dude. <laughs> He's blowing up. 
Tyreek Hill's not getting suspended after all. You should totally trade for him. (laughs) Anyway, before we go any further down this, I want to thank these guys for jumping on with us. But it's officially rookie season, and that's all everybody wants to talk about. So um, what I thought we'd do, we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to talk about some uh, rookie draft realizations that that we've come to over, like I've done four. Jeremy, how many uh, drafts have you done for rookies so far? Holy crap. Um, <laughs> it, I, I swear it's like eight or 10 rookie drafts. And then there's a Devi combined with rookie, um, a couple of startups. I mean, it's like the day after the NFL draft, everybody starts their rookie drafts. I'm like, really? Come on. You know, everybody, can we like stagger these a little bit? Why do they always have to be on Monday? Monday's like the greatest day in the world and the worst day in the world, because I literally had no time to draft. I had to work. You know what I mean? I'm like, let's man, maybe start one next week and one the week after that. I mean, you know, and most of these guys know each other too. These are not like, you know, rookies doing this. Yeah, these well, are longstanding league Twitter people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, th- there was one that Shane and I are in the UDPL that started at 8 PM on Saturday of the draft day. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the, uh, the, the ink uh, on the contracts are not even dry. The cards are not all the way turned in. Yeah, the ink's not dry. <laughs> and it's like, uh, here we go. J- Jeremy, Jerry, uh, not sorry, not Jeremy. Jerry, how many have you done so far? I know we're at least in one together. Yeah, I think I'm at like four. I think I'm in two right now, and I've done two. I did not have any start on Saturday, though. That is a whole different level of degenerate. <laughs> and Shane, outside of that one that we're in together, how many others did you have? Well, let's see. I had two before the NFL. No, three before the NFL draft, um, including the team that I and Jeremy and Michael co-own. <clears throat> then I had... I don't know. I'm running waivers on like five leagues. So at least five of those drafts are done. Um, apparently I keep getting the notifications that where I have late round draft picks that I'm still drafting. I don't even know. I, I was talking about this last night when we taped the, our show between mocks, rookie drafts and a couple startups going, I'm literally always on the clock. Like I'm just, I don't even know what teams I'm picking for. If it's a real team, I'm not even, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> is this my I, team? Yeah. I don't even know. I'm just like, Hey, I like that player. He's going on my team. Well, uh, I, I will share before we get into this. So I've been doing so much of this. Uh, I, I've, I'm through four and I'm wrapping up five with Jerry right now. And it was Friday night and it was late, like, like after midnight late. And I had uh, worked all day. I was just watching TV on the couch and I fell asleep. Well, I woke up and I checked my phone because that's what degenerates like us do. We check our phone. And and, and I had had a trade in my inbox and I'm on the clock. So I look at it and it says, give up, pick 204, get picks 208 and 220 seconds. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm in there (laughs) like swimwear. And I hit accept and I go, go to the clock to see what the other guy, you know, who the other guy wants so bad. And I read it backwards. I gave up the, the, uh, the, the, the 208 and 220 20 oh, seconds no. because I was just tired and I was greedy and I didn't, you know, take the time. I was greedy. I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm being 100% honest. And, you know, the guy was like, you know, sh- should we take this back? What can we do? I said, this is 100% on me. I'm an experienced yeah. owner. I know better. You did nothing wrong. And I've got to live with it. So... Um, but we're gonna we're gonna share with you some of the things that that we've you know come to realize are true in these drafts, and I'll just kick it off so that way I can sit back and produce a little bit. Um, what I've noticed is in that my drafts, owners tend to fall back into old tendencies, and what I mean is mm-hmm. they are drafting running backs instead of uh, in any running back. I saw I was sharing with the guys before we hit record 
that I saw Devin Singletary in a one QB non tight end premium earlier. Uh, Devin Singletary went like at one hundred nine, one ten, which I'm a big Devin Singletary guy. I uh, I was, and then the combine kind of pushed him down a bit, and then good draft capital land in Buffalo, but. I, th- I think these guys are so confused, especially people that haven't kept up with it like us. And I think this draft's half experienced, half somewhat noob. Uh, th- they don't know what to do. So when in doubt, pick the best and highest rated running back on the board. And th- th- they're so freaked out about these, you know, landing spots. And some of them aren't aren't the greatest. But I remember how excited we were for these wide receivers. So. I, I, I've maintained discipline, not trade discipline, obviously, but I've maintained discipline. But that's been the biggest thing I've taken away is that the running back's value continue to creep up and the wide receiver value has been getting pushed down. What about you, yep. Jeremy? What what have you seen? No, I, I have absolutely seen what you're talking about as far as running backs being taken um, and, and, the, and wide receivers um, getting great value at that position. And another trend that I've seen is that people really don't know how to value these players. Like you said, it's, they're kind of lost in the shuffle and, you know, there's no set spot where you're seeing Miles Sanders go or um, Paris Campbell or JJ Arcega Whiteside. Um, You're seeing these guys like in, in, in a variety of spots in these rookie drafts that I did all in the same week. I mean, it's not like I did this, you know, let ADP creep around. I mean, it's these pretty much all happened in one week and it's been really odd. But getting Nikhil Harry at 104 in my rookie draft, I almost shit myself. I mean, I was serious, like, really? I mean, it, Josh Jacobs, you know, not not really surprising, went, you know, at one, then DK Metcalf, then David Montgomery, and I got Harry at four. Um, this is one of my worst leagues. I'm drafting up, you know, pretty high. I was shocked that that happened. I thought I was going to be choosing between Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Paris Campbell, something like that, because I've, I, I'm a really big fan of Paris Campbell. I think he's going to be good in the NFL. But it's funny, man. You you can this is almost all these rookie drafts for me have been more like auctions. Like I can literally pick it, just pick players I like because the values are so all over the place. But the running backs are creeping to the top, and we're in an auction right now, Shane and I, and you see that with the rookie running backs, the value that people are placing on them, the dollar amount is pretty high, and there's a, there's a lot of them. You know, take your pick, roll the dice. Who do you like? You said you like Singletary. I'm a big fan, too. I'm not going to pay for Jacobs. I'm not probably going to pay for Sanders, but I am going to try to snatch up the guys that I think are just behind them uh, because it's you know they're falling. But it's tough, man. The guys are throwing money at them. It's, it's a really weird – uh, rookie season it's been I, I i have to write something about this because it's been i've never seen it quite so crazy before and before i throw it to shane um i, I keep hearing a lot of we'll just trade back for 2021st well that sounds like a good plan but when everybody's trying to trade back for 2021st no one's moving it's kind of like when uh, oakland got bashed for taking cleveland farrell everybody's like they should have traded back and got them I, I agree it's a great concept but you have to have a dance partner to to, to get that dance in and i think that's what people exactly. are and, and 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 you also have to be prepared to make that pick and that's why why we're here so uh shane what are some of the things that, that, that you've been picking up in all these drafts that you're doing besides your phone? You pick up your phone a lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, obviously, well, maybe not obvious, but even in one quarterback leagues, there's been a whole lot of um, drafting quarterbacks, uh, specifically Kyler Murray, really early. Yeah. Um, I, had a, I had the 112 in a, a draft today. And I pretty much had to be talked off the ledge of drafting a quarterback in the first round um, <laughs> in, a, in a one QB league, which is just 
you know, most years that's not even a consideration, but this year it just is, it's just, it's not a normal season with the best prospects. You know, there's three running backs that are good prospects that landed in really good spots. There's the two tight ends. Then there's the one wide receiver everybody's comfortable with. And then after that, it's just, it's just mayhem. Um, which is kind of fun. And like you said, you can't trade these picks for 2020 picks. No one's doing that. No, no one that plays dynasty, at least to any level of sophistication would be doing that. Because even if you don't play it, playing Debbie leagues, you've heard about the 2020 class from the six guys in your league that are in Debbie leagues. And that, you know, you always got at least that one guy in the dynasty league. That's like, no, 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 no. You got to hear about this, this freshman running back at uh, Utah, western montana uh, montgomery university and you're like yeah whatever guy but you know i mean we're all in the league with those guys and just the 2020 class it's gonna just completely destroy all the mid-tier running backs um guys like singletary if they don't hit this year we're never going to hear from them again they're just going to be in the lost and found um outside of that i mean it, it you know, it's a normal rookie class, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm that. What, what about you, Jerry? What, what What's the I, man of the hour seeing out there? I mean, it, it, <laughs> all, all I could really do is reiterate, reiterate what you guys are saying, because that's what it is. It's, you know, the three running backs and Nikhil Harry, and then it's just, you know, people, you know, DK Metcalf has been going right in there too. But then it's just jumbled mess. Like you got... Paris Campbell going middle of the first. Sometimes he slips yeah. to the second. You got Hardman going, you know, 105. Sometimes he's going yeah. 208. It's just it, it, like what Jeremy said. It's just, I, good luck predicting it. ADP's got to be so jacked up because everyone's is going to be like nine. And it's like they're all, it's going to be like one, two, three, four, nine. <laughs> it's just, well, it's I, weird. And, I, and people are really sticking to their, their pre draft spots, even like guys like, King Butler, AJ Brown, like, you know, we liked those guys when we watched them. It, you know, Hakeem Butler fell a lot more than I wanted him to. AJ Brown landed in purgatory, but he's still a first round pick. So it's just, you know, guys are sticking to their guns and give them credit. I mean, I've taken Hakeem Butler more times than I care to, and it'll probably backfire, but I'm sticking to my guns because, like you guys said, <laughs> good luck with these, this mediocre tier that sort of happens after the first chunk i will say this so so when when you're so something i can help you that's helped me through the drafts that i've done so far and i do this in startups as well so if i'm three picks away so i'm at the 107 the 105 is on the clock i i am going through and i am tearing out the 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 next three guys on that board in case i don't get a trade offer okay if this guy's available at 107, I'm taking him. Then this guy, and then this guy. I have three guys. I'm not deviating. I'm not moving. And then depending on on how they fall, I, I'm ready to make a pick. I'll, I'll put out the obligatory in the group chat. Hey, I'm going to give this 30 minutes. If anyone wants to trade up or make a move, let me know. If they don't, I know exactly who I want. I who exactly who I want. I don't panic trade, and, and I'm prepared because the worst thing is is you can zero in on one guy when you're three picks out and then that guy goes right in front of you and then you go into helter skelter panic mode and make a pick you probably shouldn't so since uh most people can't tell you how to figure out what to do in the first two rounds we're going to get even crazier and tell you to look for guys in the later rounds so um these are just some rookies that, that are slipping under the radar a little bit I'll, I'll hit you with a with a few uh bruce anderson uh actually in one league i, I had to wait in the the very last pick and shane's in this league with me 
I had to wait and I had to campaign our friends at MFL to put him in the database so I could draft him. Why Bruce Anderson? Because I liked Bruce Anderson a bit during the pre-draft process, and he's really Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones away from significant playing time in Tampa Bay. Now, they did re-sign um, Kerwin Williams, not to be confused with Sherman Williams, who will paint your house, and uh, Andre Ellington. I will say be leery of Andre Ellington. There's a thing when a coach brings a guy from town to town to town with, with him, and they have faith in him. That's what Dirk Cotter did with Jaquiz Rogers, and ja- Jaquiz Rogers had relevancy for uh, a couple of seasons there. So, um, But I do like Bruce Anderson. Maybe he gets a shot in Tampa Bay. Maybe he doesn't. And I like Travis Homer, who was one of the youngest players in, in the league. He's up there in Seattle. I think he's everything that Dynasty owners really wanted out of uh, McKissick and C.J. Procise. Um, I think this guy could be electric. He's a very good pass catcher. Second youngest running back in the draft. And uh, then Jennings, the wide receiver in Seattle. I think Seattle was so devoid, especially if Baldwin retires, uh, of real talent outside of like Carson, Penny, and Lockett. I mean, there's a lot to go around. And they've got a really good quarterback. Maybe you've heard of him. His name is Russell Wilson. And he got paid. He's not going anywhere for a while. So so those are my three guys, Jennings, Anderson, and Travis Homer. I'm going to go to Shane this time. And give us uh, three of your guys, or maybe two guys, or a guy that you're looking at. So here's the thing. So I'm going to screw up your show sheet because um, it's kind of what I do. Um, also, I might have accidentally closed it, so there's that. Um, I know I had Devin Singletary on there, but he's going in the, well, apparently the late first in some drafts, but he's going in the, the middle of the second round, stuff like that. So dig a little deeper. There's Darwin Thompson um, from Kansas City. Well, he's not from Kansas City, but he's now with Kansas City. Um, and I actually just wrote him up for Fantasy Pros, and that should come out shortly. Um, but this, he's a little guy. He's 5'8", 200 pounds, but he's just rocked up. Like that's all everyone keeps talking about is how strong his lower body is. And he actually – um, said he kind of modeled that after Alvin Kamara because he knows Alvin Kamara is a smaller guy, and that's kind of something that Kamara does is work on his core and works on his legs. Um, but the guy's an excellent receiver. He's got great burst. Um, he's fast enough, and he's in a position where you got Carlos Hyde, who's um, basically human refuse right now, um, and then you've got Damian Williams, who you know looked amazing last year, but – he also set a career high with 256 rushing yards in his fifth or sixth season last year. And he couldn't beat out JJ, Kenyon Drake, um, or anyone else that was on Miami's backfield for the previous five seasons. So yes, he looked good, but he's really not that great of a talent. So Darwin Thompson's a guy I'm looking at Alexander Madison. Um, for some reason, he's kind of gone under the radar radar where, um, Henderson went in the third round to the Rams and everybody's talking that up, but Madison went to, in the third round to, uh, what do you call those people to Minnesota Vikings? You call them Vikings. Vikings. You call them Vikings. They know what they are. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, I'm batting, battling a little cold tonight guys. So if I'm not bringing it, I'm sorry. Um, so I was just looking at the stats. So Lat Mary averaged 13.6 fantasy points last year. Excuse me. He averaged 16 fantasy points last year in five games when Cook didn't play. 
And um, over the last two seasons, Cook hadn't played for 17 games, and Lat Mary was able to score 13.6 fantasy points a game during that period. So I think Alexander Madison's a guy that he's going to get some run, and when he does, um, you could always flip him, or you know, you could hold him with the expectation that Cook is just you know going to be a guy that misses games from here and you know time to time. I was really glad you got back to Madison because I was going to bring him up if if he uh. You didn't catch him on the show sheet. I, I, I like him. N- nothing, nothing flashy. Uh, "Quote unquote" projects out to like a like a backup in the NFL, but I'm cool with that. I mean, you just mentioned Lat Murray and the role he had for fantasy production last year, and we're talking about Dalvin Cook, who's had multiple shoulder surgeries, uh, hamstring issues, an ACL. Uh, he, he's not the, the the cleanest bill of health in the league. So I'm really glad you brought up Madison. Definitely a favorite. What about you, Jerry, Mister Sinclair? A little sneaky one, and it's only because I don't love Kenyon Drake or Kalen Bellage, but Miles Gaskin. I mean, he you're taking him in the fourth and the fifth. He's not not my favorite running back that I've ever seen. But if he does get the opportunity, I mean, at least he could be a starter. Like you could put him in your flex and he's going in the fourth and the fifth of your rookie drafts. I mean, that's just easy money. But the other guy is Hollywood Brown. Like I get that Lamar Jackson is not known for throwing the ball. I get that he looks putrid doing it, but he also had a barren wasteland to throw to last year. I mean, Marquise Brown can, you know, get you some yak yardage. He can run down the field and you just close your eyes and launch it as far as you can and he'll run under it. And he's now he was a first round NFL pick first wide receiver off the board. He's going halfway through your second round picks. I mean, that's a, that's an easy pick for me a lot of the times and going into the pre-draft process, I was not a huge fan of him because I'm stupid and I'm stuck in my own ways of liking big, fast wide receivers and not these little guys that get separation. Um, so I was, I was a little more down on him than I should have been clearly with him being the first wide receiver off the board, but yeah, Hollywood Brown, I've got tons of shares of him and I thought I would take him in zero when he landed in Baltimore, but falling into the second Middle of the second, late second, easy choice. You know, I took him at the two hundred seven in the uh, the UDPL because when you're when you're playing against experienced guys that you know have been hosting podcasts since January about these rookies, they they tend to like the same guys you like, and you end up having to make some tough choices at that. But I I think you're right. I like Hollywood Brown. Um, he kind of grew on me. I'm I'm hoping that he ends up being a big hit. So I'm going to throw it to Jeremy, the madman. Who are some of the guys that are flying under the radar that uh, you are definitely on your radar? You named Travis Homer. That's a guy you can get pretty late that may have an opportunity. And, you know, some people look at Seattle and think, well, there's a lot of running backs there. But I look at Seattle and remember how many times they've leaned on their third string running backs in Seattle guys that came out of nowhere and, um, you know, did something. So I think he's worth definitely worth a shot late. Um, some values that I find really interesting that I've seen in my rookie drafts. I have a lot of Terry McLaurin and it's not just the Homer in me, you know, the Ohio state fan in me, but just looking at him eventually going to be catching passes from Haskins. I imagine, um, you know, they'll practice together. They already have, I look at the Redskins roster and I don't see any wide receivers outside of Josh Doxson who, hasn't really done a whole hell of a lot himself. Um, it's the it's like wide open for Terry McLaurin to seize a starting role there. And I know they have some issues. They don't have the kind of um, offensive firepower lined up that Kyler Murray has in Arizona, but it is a pretty good team. 
um, outside of the receiving core. So he's got an opportunity and I'm getting that guy in like the late third in some cases. I think that's been a tremendous value. Uh, Deontay Johnson for the Steelers. I'm a big fan of his uh, out of Toledo. I think he's going to be explosive in the not too distant future. There's a need on that team too at that position and sticking with the Steelers who I can't stand by the way, uh, Benny Snell, who I've also been able to scoop up um, in the late, as late as the late third. Uh, I think there's opportunity ripe in Pittsburgh for running backs to, you know, seize the day, just say, you know, maybe something happens to Connor. You know, it's definitely wide open at that point. I think James Connor is the starter, did a fine job, but at the same time, they don't have, um, you know, a lot of, uh, draft capital invested in him either. So um, getting Snell, I think, was telling. And I, I like his opportunity going forward there. So those are some guys that I feel like were kind of steals for me in a bunch of drafts. And um, I think you, you people need to look, sorry, at McLaurin, because I will not be surprised if he becomes a starter in Washington like this season. Wow. Um, in the third round. So, yeah. And running back to you guys, you know, there's so many of those guys late. Like we were talking earlier about, you know, just roll the dice on these guys. There's Rykel, what, how do you pronounce his first name? Armstead in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jacksonville job is also there for the taking. So opportunity is out there for some of these guys that were drafted late. And in years past, it wasn't, I don't remember it being that predominant. Well, you talked about my man, Terry McLaren. Um, I, I've been a fan since the the whole my whole draft prep season started and never underestimate mm -hmm. that being the quarterback's best friend you see it with Jared Goff and Cooper Cup yeah. do, do I think Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup from a fantasy perspective in Dallas M maybe maybe not uh, but you know why because he's literally Jared Goff's best friend when uh, Cooper yes. Cup and, yeah when, when Cooper Cup and his wife got married they were living with Jared Goff for a little for a little while you go back to Jordy and and Aaron Rodgers th there's something really valuable that can translate to fantasy points and I'm with you I've already gotten um, at least two shares of Terry McLaren and I will attempt to get more but one thing we're going to bring you we're getting ready to do a quick two-round super flex non-tight end premium mock draft just a quick one uh, nothing too crazy but uh, we want to go through something we're going to do, the, the, the ridiculous rookie draft move of the weekend. I will kick this off. Jerry and I are in that one QB non-tight end premium league, and I talked about owners just you know reverting back to drafting the, the running back whose name's at the top of the board. At 203, an owner who will remain nameless drafted Raquel Armstead, uh, just mentioned by Jeremy. Of, at two oh three, you said two oh three. This is a shoot uh, ahead of guys like Debo Samuel, who I took next at two oh four. Uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside, Miles Borkin, Marquise Brown, Noah Fant. These are all guys drafted after him, and this guy does not even own Leonard Fournette. So that does was he... my. That was my. He's a, he's a new. I don't know if he's like a a newer guy. Uh, he's been in the, I've been in this league for four years, and this he's been in the league the whole time. I just don't know how much time he invests to dynasty. Let me ask you this, though. Does uh -huh. he work for the Jacksonville franchise? <laughs> Not that does, I'm aware of. He was awful uh, busy on Monday. He was the only owner to have a pick timeout. So, yeah, but, but, but you know what? You know, uh, it's an old poker saying, and Jer Jerry's a big fan of playing cards, but uh, they say if you can't spot the sucker when you walk in the room, you're it. As long as I have this gentleman in the league, I, I'm at least at, at the worst. I'm second to the last player in this league. So, J Jerry, <laughs> got a draft after, huh? Yeah, J Jerry, who, uh, who, who? What was your ridiculous move of the of the weekend? You know that that one was actually my worst one too. Um, let's see. 
Uh, I took JJR Siegel Whiteside at 107. So, I mean, honestly, I might put it on myself because in hindsight, God, I should have taken Paris Campbell. And I was between them. And then, of course, uh, Sleeper comes out. So he's not uh, JJR Siegel Whiteside is not going to start this year. Cool. Thank you, sleeper. <laughs> Whereas Chris Campbell just might. That I don't. Yeah. I don't fault you there, though. I, I'm higher on Arcega Whiteside than it seems like a lot of people are. Um, he seems to be available like at the 201 kind of spot all the time, and I don't. I think that's a good value for a guy that's going to be. Um, I don't pretend to know the Eagles roster through and through, but that's a guy that I, I just like as a player better than I think a lot of people like I have higher expectations of him and I think he's fine um the knocks on him I thought were kind of silly I mean he's he's fast and he's big and he has to work on some things to get polished so does McLaurin but these are guys that have speed on top of other things you can't take away and they're you know hard-working players so I I think you know you probably wanted to take him a little later but um he's going to be a good player I I don't Oh, you know what? Here, I do got a bad one for you, Randy. I saw Darwin Thompson go at 110. I think they saw they saw the Chiefs and they just their nipples got a little too hard for oh. themselves and they they went with it, but good gosh. Wow. Shane, any anything to uh top uh, Raquel Armstead and uh Darwin Thompson? God damn, no. I mean, that's <laughs> Look, I like both those guys as sleepers. What the fuck right. in the first round even in a bad draft, you know, which this is. All right, take Kyler Murray. Take take Noah Fant. What are you doing? The fact that yeah, Noah right. Fant keeps dropping down to the end of the first round is mind-boggling to me, but that, that's a whole other thing. And real quick, Jeremy, I got JJ Arcega Whiteside at the 112 today. Yeah, um, and I I've gotten yeah. him down like one thirteen in a bonus league with a bonus pick that somebody traded to me, two um, one. But yeah, I mean he's just hanging out there, and I'm like, you know what? I'm that's a I think that's a value there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. Um, and you guys, you know, it's funny. Um, I saw well, I mean Riley Ridley's not a player that I'm high on in any way. I actually kind of wrote a wouldn't say scathing, but an article knocking him for fantasy pros. A couple of guys I thought were overrated in the draft season: Metcalf. Uh, Riley Ridley and uh, Marquise Brown and um, Ridley's been I've been getting him in the fourth round I'm like all right that's practically free out sure if he becomes a starter in Chicago it's probably worth something so um, I don't hate him that much I do I do um, <laughs> he was he was out, almost outproduced by McCole Hardman and the fact that McCole yeah. Hardman is being drafted in any rookie drafts in the first two He's rounds is high, yeah. amazing to me, but I don't like to make fun of other people. Um, so I'll make fun of myself. So he's making fun of guys in unproductive passing offenses, both of them. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> so, I was going to say for, for, for the, the, the ugliest or stupidest, ridiculous oh, moves yeah, over yeah. the weekend. Uh-huh. So I put 63.8, we might as well say 64%, 64% of my budget down in an auction league on Kyler Murray. Um, uh-huh. I want him. Um, I bet you did. That yeah. your shots. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, but or maybe it was less than that. I don't know, but it was a, it was a good chunk of money for me. Uh, we'll, we'll just say that, but you know, it's funny. It's a copy league and he ended up, he wasn't, that wasn't the most expensive copy. So it might not have been 638. I'm not good with numbers. Um, as, as my next move will attest and, and prove. So me and Jeremy are in an auction, this auction league together, rookie, um, one of Ryan McDowell's kitchen sink leagues which are, you know, pretty cool. Um, so I made a move the other day. I traded for $250. Um, I thought that gave me enough between what I had and the money that I traded for to win Josh Jacobs. 
Um, it gave me like $405, something like that. Uh, again, not good with math. $405, yes. So I thought I had uh, checked out the math on everyone else and uh, thought I was ahead clearly by at least like $10. No one could clear me um, until um, yesterday. I, I immediately got upped again. Um, so my math skills were pretty bad because I was off by about $20. <laughs> so then I needed to make a trade with, uh, well, Madman today, and it actually worked out. Luckily he's my co-host and we had some similar need, not similar needs, but we matched up. Well, it was like, good, like being good sexual partners. Like we kind of just yeah. fit, you know what I mean? Like he knew when to choke me. I didn't have to say the safe word or anything <laughs> oh, like that. Um, you knew when to spank me. It was silly. Yeah. Oh, you know. my, oh my it's important. Well, you know, it's important that if you can't say the safe word, that your partner knows the look at least. You know that look you give when you're about, okay. I'm going yeah. Well, yeah. Um, uh -huh. So I, I, I made another move today with Jeremy where he needed a running back. So I traded him Tevin Coleman for Mark Andrews because I had no tight ends and $25. And now, even with my bad math skills, I I, 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 I am in the head for Jacobs. And yeah. I'm pretty sure there's, no one can come over top of me unless they start trading away pieces on their roster. Well, there and you go. Right now, he's at $405. He's at a high price as it is. So, yeah, I don't. there's maybe one guy it looks like that could top you, but he started bidding on other players. Well, what did we learn there? I'll tell you what I learned. I learned that there's uh, in interesting things happen no matter how many rookie drafts you uh, – you get, and, uh, you know, sometimes having a partner in Dynasty is not bad. So we're just going to knock out a, a quick Superflex PPR non-tight end premium league. And the orders are going to be Shane, Jerry, me, and then Jeremy. And we're going to roll uh, – we're just going to, you know, keep cycling through that. Just going to draft uh, – it could be a little bit different with need. And, yes, we'd all like to trade back. But uh, I, uh, I'm putting Shane on the clock with the 101. I, I see him typing. Shane, who you got? Yeah, so we're not even going to fuck around here. It's Kyler Murray, so Jerry's up. <laughs> All right, give me Nikhil Harry then. Any anything? Uh, I, I've seen Nikhil go to uh, Jeremy's point earlier. I've seen him go as late as the one hundred and four. Um, any reason yeah. why you would overtake him? Could, could this be like a need pick where you would take Jacobs or Sanders, Jerry? No, uh -uh. not for me. Uh, Tom Brady, wide receivers last longer; they get hurt less. Easy pick. Honestly, it Kyler and Nikhil Harry won two every super flex draft I'm doing. Not even second guessing it. Man, this is a spot that I have yet to be in at uh, the 103 in a super flex uh, where I'm choosing between Jacobs and Sanders. I'm going to go Jacobs by a hair. Uh, I think the Philadelphia offense is better, but I think Jacobs' role, especially in year one, is going to be more vast. So I'm going to go Jacobs, not by a lot. So uh, over to Jeremy. Yeah, wow. A lot of options uh, still hanging out there at, at four. Um, I think for this for this exercise, I'm going to go with Miles Sanders. And, um, you know, it's between him and David Montgomery, um, who may have a – you know, for me at this point, I probably don't want to give too much away there, but um, I'm going to go with Sanders in this case. I can't say I hate it. I took Sanders at the 103 earlier in a non-super flex. So uh, I'm going to kick it back to Shane. Shane, you're up at 105. Jesus Christ. So yeah, where are you keeping track of this? Because I stopped typing on the sheet. I'm just well, writing. I'm just I am writing. typing on the sheet. Oh, Jerry's typing on the sheet. Oh, oh you are? 
I shouldn't be struggling this early yet, but um, so Kyler's off the board, Nikhil's off the board, Josh Jacobs off the board, what's his face is off the board. Um, I haven't done this yet, but I, I'd suggest you draft Dwayne Haskins here. Super flex. Um, the guy's going to be a starter year one, even if his wide receiver core looks um pretty awful, pretty bad. Maybe one of the worst in the league. He's you know it's a one year thing. Um, hopefully he doesn't die, um, this year and have his confidence ruined, but you got to take the quarterback here in a super flex draft and Dwayne Haskins. I actually like I Dwayne like, Haskins. I like Dwayne Haskins too. I like, yeah, I like McLaren and I'm stupidly still into Kelvin Harmon. So call me a sucker, but with the six pick, I'm going David Montgomery. I love David Montgomery's game. Unfortunately, he's going to have to smack the lines around a little bit, but everybody smacks the lines around a little bit. So I'm used right. to it. Yeah, the, the, the Lions are taking a beating no matter what. So I am back up at the 107. It's not tight end premium. See, see, see this, is the, this is the spot. This was tight end premium. This would be right. a slam dunk pick. I'm going to go the homer route. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to be a guy, and I, I'm this type of owner. I will change my mind. I was not a big Paris Campbell fan uh, a few weeks ago, but to see the reaction of Frank Reich and how overly excited he was, to get him on the Colts, that on top of it being a Colts fan, to get a Paris Campbell share, which I have yet to do in a real league, feels pretty good here at the 107. So uh, that, that that's my pick. I'm gonna go uh, go back to the Madman. Yuck, yuck! You took my guy. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, I I think I'm gonna go Debo Samuel at this spot. I, uh, I I'm I'm up to two shares of Debo, one of a handful of rookies. Yeah, I have a handful of rookies. I and and it's weird. We were talking about another wide receiver who I will mention this story when he comes up. But I've I've seen Debo fluctuate. I've seen him go as high as like one. It was like about right here, one hundred seven, one hundred eight, and I've seen yeah, him go yeah. as late as the two hundred five. So I, I yeah, like Debo. I, I I'm a guy who uh, is a Debo fan. But uh, Shane, who are you a fan of at the one hundred nine? <sighs> This isn't really who I would draft here because I know um, who I'd really want to draft here. I know I can get later, even if this was a real draft. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Noah Fant here. The dude's a freak of nature. Like he's going to be a tight end one in his first year. Um, I'm going to go ahead and apologize to everyone that keeps drafting TJ Hawkinson over him for some reason. Like TJ Hawkinson, if blocking, if you get blocking points in your league, Definitely take TJ Hawkinson over Noah Fant. Oh, come on. But uh, Noah Fant's going to just eviscerate his numbers. It's not even going to be close. Did you say he's going to be a tight end one in his rookie season? Did you yes. say that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen it in the past. It has happened in the past, like the recent past, like Evan Ingram past. It's and Noah Fant is basically like Evan Ingram, except more athletic. It's very, oh. very, very feasible. My, my, my only concern there is – He's got old man, crotchety old man, Vic Fangio as a coach. And if that rookie misses one block or runs one incorrect route, I could see him being uh, benched for the back half of a game in favor of uh, Jake Buttstuff. So anyway, speaking of Buttstuff, Jerry, you're on the clock, 110. How is that speaking to Jerry, man? Hey, man, it was, a, it was Jerry, I, I, you did so well with the, with the segue earlier. Just roll with it. Just <laughs> roll with it. Uh, I'm going to go DK Metcalf. This. I don't love DK Metcalf, but you know Seattle's one of those spots where Russell Wilson can just make plays, and if DK's there to make them, you know that's fantasy points for me. So at the end of the first, I'll take it. 
I I got called a DK hater earlier on Twitter, and I'm like, I'm anything but. I'm DK Switzerland. I could care less. I'm neutral. I'm never going to own him. And I told good friend of all of ours, Jake Anderson, I was like, you know what? I will totally take the L on DK Metcalf, and I will raise my hand. We do a segment in the regular season called Where We Were Right and Where We Were Wrong, and I'll take yeah. the L and I'll put my hand up because you know what? Samuel L. Jackson said it real well in Pulp Fiction. Sewer rat could taste like pumpkin pie, but I'm never going to know because I'm never going to eat the filthy motherfucker. And you know what? DK could be the second coming of Josh Gordon in 2013, but I'm never going to know because I'm never going to own the silly. Anyway, I'm up at the, the 111, and I am taking TJ Hawkinson. I am not scared of the, of the Detroit landing spot. I'm not scared of Matt Stafford as his quarterback. I am loving it. Because here's my question for everybody who thinks that he's going to be in there blocking. Who who catches all those tough over-the-middle catches that Golden Tate is no longer there to? It's not going to be Kenny Galladay, and it's not going to be Marvin Jones. So, someone's got to chip and release and, and, and get those uh, you know passes. And then I, I like what the kid can do after the catch. So even in a non-tight end premium league, I am taking Mr. TJ Hawkinson. Shane, I'm sorry, excuse me, um, Jeremy. Close us out, round one. Yeah, I, I like that pick for you, Hawkinson. I'm simply going to get on the field, and getting on the field is a good thing. Uh, I'm going to go J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Now, now, this is the guy I wanted to talk about. So in that very first weekend, um, I did an IDP, double tight end premium, super flex, just crazy draft. And I was mm -hmm. able to get J.J. Arcega-Whiteside at the 305. In that That's league, stupid. and then and then a day later, the very next day later, the 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 UDPL kicked off or whenever it was, and Shane got him at the one ten, which I, I thought was a great pick. But that's the kind of fluctuation I've seen on JJ Arcega Whiteside. Now it's starting to level. Usually, you know, something goes to the bottom and then it levels back up. But I, I've seen crazy swings of this guy's value. Well, I mean, I know on uh, on sleeper. He's his ADP is like nine ninety nine or something, so people aren't taking him. I saw one where he got taken in the fifth round, which is you kids just got to quit smoking the devil's lettuce if that boy's <laughs> falling to the fifth. Oh my! You said that you said the devil's lettuce, but uh, Shane, uh, is that weed? Is that yes. that, that's the yes. weeds. That's the weeds. Be careful of snorting the weeds. But anyway, it's legal in Michigan where Jerry's from. True. Yeah, I didn't know if we were talking about meth. I, I didn't. Know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, no a, biker gangs. No, no, no meth analogy. is big. Meth is big where I come from. So, <laughs> yeah, meth is you know meth is universal. It's just universally loved. And uh... <laughs> if that's not the quote of this show, <laughs> but meth is just universal spot. But I knew he'd be here because everybody's just letting him drop because of his landing spot. But it's. <laughs> at least we think he is based off you know Mariota's lack of production in the past but again and as I've said at least 463 times now Marcus Mariota could not feel his fingers last year um yes Corey Davis is there but you know some offenses actually do support more than one wide receiver um now I know Tennessee's never actually supported a wide receiver so that'd be the first step but here's a good thing. If Mariota sucks this year, um, he's gone. Um, they're not going to pick up his uh, – as a matter of fact, he's playing on his fifth-year option. So if he's not any good this year, um, there's a good chance that Tennessee's not going to be very good, and there's a very good chance that they're going to be um, picking very high next year when it's a good quarterback class.
Well, I, I agree. I that. I, and, I, maybe, and maybe Corey Davis just isn't that good. And maybe A.J. Brown is. I mean, I've been wrong before. <laughs> I, I, I got so, I, I got my AJ Brown share in a uh, Superflex tight end premium league at the one eleven, and I and I just walked away smiling ear to ear. Jerry, who are you taking at one oh two? I'm gonna go the other guy that landed in the the bad spot that I talked about earlier, Hollywood Brown. Just, I'll take him here. Listen, if he doesn't pay off, he's a second round pick. They usually don't, so I'll I'll take the first wide receiver drafted. Well, you're playing the draft capital game, and, and we were having a good-spirited, not mean-spirited. I won't tolerate the mean-spirited arguing and BS on the on Twitter, but I was, uh, you know, talking with good friend Travis May, and, we, and like, you know, we're talking about you know outliers and McCole Hardman, and I'm like, you, you, but this is the new NFL. Yes, I get that five foot nine, hundred and sixty-six pound wide receivers aren't the norm, but you know what? An NFL team took him in the first round, really, really high. They might have plans for him in, in, in a playoff team like Baltimore last year. They need their first round draft pick to comp, you know, to contribute in round one. So that's why in a super flex at the two hundred three, I'm going Daniel Jones. I know that everybody hates him, but I was listening to my one of my absolute favorite guys to listen to talk any kind of football, Greg Cosell, on the Ross Tucker podcast last week, and he was breaking it down on Daniel Jones. If you want to check it out, do. I, I recommend anything with Greg Cosell. I, I think he's amazing. And, you know, he's a sixth overall pick. He's going to get what I call the Blake Bortles leash. That's at least four or five years. And if you are the Eli Manning owner and you can get him, you know, he's still throwing the ball check downs to Saquon Barkley. He's still hitting, you know, Golden Tate over the middle. He's still got Evan Ingram. You know, they just re-signed Sterling Shepard. Is it going to be confused for the Browns offense? Probably not. But you know what? I, I, I think that Pat Shermer made Case Keenum a thing. Daniel Jones seems coachable. He's actually a very good athlete. So I'm going to roll Daniel Jones. And that takes us to Madman. Madman at 204. I'm going to actually take a player that I don't really have. I think I maybe have him in one spot. I'm not sure if I have him at all. I'll have to double check. But I'm uh, going to go with Hakeem Butler. Hakeem, the dream. A lot of people's wide receiver one pre-draft. Um, uh, is, that, is, that, oh, yeah. is that Jerry? Is that letting me clear my throat? No, no, no. Oh, sorry. Um, wrong kind of microphone usage. Um, so, so you don't, you're not worried about the air raid and you know just being another cog in the machine out there in the desert. Do you think he's going to be featured a bit? I, I think so. I mean, it, it, I'm sure they drafted him for that purpose. Um, you know, big target, big guy. He's, you know, I think he's actually a pretty diverse player. I mean, uh, watching, you know, tape of him, I, I like him fine. And, and at this spot, um, you know, they are going to be passing the ball a lot in Arizona. And I'm sure they're going to be losing a lot of games and passing some more to catch up. So, I mean, why not? I think he's going to be fine. Um, if he's even, uh, you know, an approximation of what, people thought he could be in the pros. I think he's worth this draft pick, this spot. And before I kick it over to Shane for his next pick, I will say, you know, he has a unique skill set in that he's over six feet tall. Christian Kirk, not the tallest cat around. Neither is uh, Andy Isabella, who they drafted real high. And the one thing is I, I know that Butler's got his dropsies in, on, on his resume, but he's going to be working with a coach on the field in Larry Fitzgerald. And Larry Fitzgerald strikes me as like the Josh McCown kind of veteran, the kind of guy that's in the room that's going to help you out, help make you a better player. So I, I don't mind the Butler pick at all. Shane, uh, who, who are you going with the 205? 
Um, well, just because I just noticed he was on the board, so I'll take the uh, good wide receiver from there, Andy Isabella. <laughs> uh, no, no, I actually like I, – I, I, no bullshit. I actually like the landing spot for Hakeem Butler, and I know I was saying earlier about basically don't touch wide receivers in the fourth round or later. Really, it's the third round or later. But if you were going to, Butler's a guy I could see making that, that – um, exception for it because of his size his skill set and just that offense could be off the wall bonkers but that's why i'm taking andy isabella here because the dude is fast as lightning he can play outside he can play inside um he's going to be on an air raid offense i think he's just a complete receiver um and i just i like the idea of pairing him with kyler murray like i think they're just going to make beautiful beautiful uh magic together in that cliff kingsbury offense for the next two years until kingsbury gets shit canned for going you know 10 and 22. and you know these six picks you're making aren't yours i mean you're no no, you're no, no, no this is all my team all my two team. different teams here buddy <laughs> no no, no all my team I, I'm, I'm going to print these out and I'm going to send it to you in the mail, Shane. That way, you uh, you got a prize, Jerry. <laughs> you're, you're my weekly prize, and uh, you're up at the 206. You're such a dream. Uh, this sort of sucks. I really wanted to go the Cardinals wide receivers, uh, and you took the quarterback to fall back on. Well, that's real nice of you guys. Um, let's go, Devin Singletary, Lashawn McCoy spoils Avengers for people and he's old. Uh TJ Yeldon's never been great. Frank Gore's 174 years old. You know, maybe in a year or two, Devin Singletary's the guy by himself. He may even maybe, have a role this year. So maybe this year, yeah. Yeah. So I'll take it halfway through the second and he could potentially start. At least have a nice role. I I mean, I'll take it at this point of, you know, who's available. I, I, I don't mind it, and uh, they don't put out articles anywhere near as good as the ones that Jeremy and Shane write, but CBS Sports did release a uh, uh, a, a piece of uh, literature earlier talking about how um, they had a list of uh, camp casualties or veteran casualties that could be cap casualties, and uh, McCoy was at the top of it. I think he's a $6 million savings yeah. if if he does that I, i'm gonna go at the 207 i wanted to go another quarterback but I'm, I'm gonna restrain myself and i'm gonna go justice hill this guy blew up the combine and i yeah. I, I, I know he's not got a every down back profile or skill set but you, you know what he's he's pretty electric hopefully he stops trying to bounce everything outside he's not gonna you know wow people with his athleticism athleticism words uh in the NFL the way that he could in the big 12, but I could, you know, Mark, Mark Ingram has played, you know, all 16 games twice in his career. You know, he's missed game to injury games to suspension. And I think there's going to be a role for him. And when you got, you know, really fast guys like Boykin and Hollywood Brown pulling safeties out of the box, this guy can catch the ball in space and make some things happen. So give me Justin Hill, justice Hill at the two Oh seven, Jeremy, you're back up. Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson. Now, why would you like Daryl Henderson? He's backing up somebody. Why? Uh, yeah, he's backing up somebody. Um, I think he fits that team really well. Um, th- that scheme, you know, they they traded up to get him. Uh, we saw some action from the backup running back last year. Uh, I think they're going to use this kid um, and not as a backup. I mean, I think he's going to be on the field complimentary role and then maybe, you know, future starter. I think he's got the potential to do that. 
but I, yeah, I really like that kid. Um, he's one of, I don't, I don't say this to people when I'm drafting generally, but he's one of my favorite, was one of my favorite backs going into the draft and then, you know, going to um, the Rams. I thought that was actually, a, aside from Todd Gurley, a great spot for him as a fit. Um, and so I, I think I've hidden that pretty well, but he's one of my favorite backs in this class. He and Devin Singletary both. The, the I mean, re- if you trade up to the third round to get him, I mean, that's, I mean, that is telling about Gurley. I don't think he's going to be on the bench. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what's, and I'm, it's not out of fear for Gurley's knee at all. I, I mean, they're going to use this kid on the field. Well, th- they're heavily invested in Todd Gurley for at least the next two, if not three seasons based on his dead cap number. And when you're that heavily invested, you got to take care of that asset. You just can't run it into the ground. So he's it, not going to score 952 touchdowns probably this year. He's cor- definitely cor- not going to do that every year. Last year, how many? Todd Gurley scored. An, I, I, I don't have 20? the number at the tip of my tongue. A ridiculous number of touchdowns, and yet was still outscored in PPR by both Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. With and Christian McCaffrey didn't even have many rushing touchdowns. He had like half of his 15 or whatever number, seven, eight touchdowns rushing compared to like 17 for Gurley, like half as many. It's insane how much they used that guy last year. Well, I like that pick because it's a second rounder that could pay off as early as this season and contribute. So, Shane, you have one last pick in this exercise. What you doing at 209? (laughs) Use Um, it well, man. So I'm going to round out this roster where I've had, what, just eight picks now. I'm very, very happy with this draft. Um, We're going to get to take Drew Locke. yeah, I know that the 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 the, the uh, Broncos did everything they could not to draft this guy. Like, you know, the, he was mocked to them at ten, and they're like, "Nah, we're going to trade back." And at twenty, we're actually going to draft a tight end. And then he came back to them again in the second round, and they're like, "All right, I mean, I guess we kind of have to take him now." Um, but Joe Flacco sucks. Um, I was doing some research on Joe Flacco, and as far as I felt like going back was twenty twelve. He yeah. hasn't finished as a top 15 quarterback since at least 20 fucking 12. I didn't count all the way down. It was at least top 15 though, but dude, he's horrible. Like he's not even mediocre. Like mediocre is like, you know, QB 14 every year. Like he doesn't even do that for you. The dude's going on a decade of incompetence. Um, Drew Locke's going to be the second rookie uh, year, rookie in a row um, or second year in a row that a rookie's going to take his job from him. Um. So yeah, Drew Locke, and he's gonna he's gonna target Noah Fant all day. All the, the, I was hoping that we we've we covered this before, but I was hoping Hawkinson would wind up in Denver with Drew Locke, so you'd have the Locke and Hawk connection. <laughs> Didn't quite work out for me, but Jerry, who is your last pick? I wish they would have gotten him too, because that means the Lions wouldn't have taken a tight end at eight. Awesome, love that organization. <laughs> My last pick is Nicole Hardman. Not my favorite guy pre-draft. I think I had him wide receiver 23 or 21 or something. Uh, He's fast. He's little. He's quick. I mean, if you're trying to get a guy that's like Tyreek Hill, I mean, that's the guy they they wanted. That's the guy they got. Uh, If he hits, he's a grand slam of grand slams. If I need a wide receiver, I would have taken him sooner. Uh, If he misses, you will know quickly. So, I mean, you'll know if you wasted your pick or not before the end of this season but if you didn't <laughs> oh oh you got a nice return he was their first draft pick of the draft if i remember correctly and they need him to contribute and i said it earlier and i will say it again he only has to get half half 
of Tyreek Hill's 336 PPR points from last year to be a wide receiver three as a rookie. This is a guy that could help you. I think this is a much more preferable spot to get him versus as high as the 108 I've seen in uh, other leagues. But I, I think this is a good place to get him. I'm going to go Damian Harris. I know it might be a, a hair early, and I'm, I'm leaning on that running back. But I, the only thing between him and real success is Sony Michelle's aged knees. And if you ignore aged knees, you know, you wind up with Jay Ajayi on your roster. And, and he doesn't even have a job right now with that. And he could have his fumble problem from college resurface at any time. You know, Damian Harris, not, you know, awesome. I think Burkhead's the odd man out there, and I think by the time the season starts, it's Harris, it's Sony, it's James White, and those are your three backs in New England. And I think, you know, Harris will have a little value. So uh, this late in the draft, I'm going to take a dart throw on Damian Harris. Madman, bring us home with number 212. I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson, wide receiver out of Toledo now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, love his skill set. I, I know Big Ben makes receivers uh, they definitely need somebody that the other vets on the roster outside of Juju Smith-Schuster. It's another opportunity and skill set. Um, I think you know, maybe not this year, but in, in a dynasty league, I want him on my roster for next year for sure. Um, I think he's he was underrated all along and even still, you know, as far as his talent and skill level, he's still underrated going at the end of second rounds. I think he's going to be a household name before too long. Well, it's hard not to be because Pittsburgh's on TV more than uh, Law and Order reruns. So you're, def- know, you're, you're, you're definitely going to see a, a lot of uh, a lot of him in prime time this year. Well, listen, there there it is. Um, uh, a little two round superflex because superflex is becoming becoming the standard. I think it's much more uh, it's much more fun, much more intrigue. And, and I want to thank both of these guys. So I'm going to start with Shane. Shane, please tell us about the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast, all your writing, where these people can find you. And thanks again for coming on. Um, yeah, well, I think you just pretty much did. But, yeah, the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast with uh, me and Jeremy every week and our, uh, our our co-host, Michael Sipes, who couldn't be here this evening. Um, but we, we still like him. Um, yeah, so I, I think you said we he's do in the that middle, every week. He's in the middle of a Matlock marathon. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Murder, She Wrote's on. So it's all just crazy. You know how it is. And then Golden Girls later. Um <clears throat> Also, yeah, you can find all, all most of my writing on Dynasty Football Factory, a lot of my editing on Dynasty Football Factory, some of my writing on Fantasy Pros, um, and then you can find the extra podcast we do every week and in our, in our uncensored version of our show on our Patreon account, um, the Dynasty Trades HQ. Um, Jeremy can talk about things, too. He's also of many, many places. <laughs> yeah, write a little bit at Fantasy Pros uh, along with Shane. Also edit a little bit, not as much as Shane would like for Dynasty Football Factory. Got to start doing more of that. Um, we're digging into some stuff. We have a lot of great content coming out. And, yes, I'm going to start editing more, Shane. Also, two podcasts. Um, one, the love of my life at Dynasty Trades HQ. You should know it. Listen to it. Um, if you listen to the War Zone, you might like us too. And um, Best Ball Manual, a new podcast with my buddy Brad Ray's, um, kind of an expert in um, play draft and having a lot of fun. We've only got two episodes released and recorded the third one just today. So I'm excited about that one too. Um, yeah, find me on Twitter. I love to retweet cool stuff. I don't really have a lot of my own unique ideas many times, but I will retweet the hell out of really cool stuff. Uh, real quick, I don't even play best ball. 
Um, but I really? listen to, I, yeah, I listen to the the best ball owners manual and I enjoy it. And it's not just because Jeremy's my co-host because, you know, as much as I talk to him, you think I won't want to hear his voice anymore, <laughs> but it's, a, it's actually a very good show. So shout out to that show too. Thanks man. to Brad as well. Uh, Jerry, anything to add before we take this one home for a landing? Nope, I just gotta gotta do some rookie drafts. I'm in a startup with Jeremy right now. He got Saquon. Uh, Odell Beckham went 101. That was a little surprising. He had Saquon fall right into his lap. Yeah, I was trying to trade out of it, and no one would offer me anything good. You know that was worthwhile, like a third round pick or something next year. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna take Saquon. And, I mean, hell, it's you know, twist my arm. I'll take. Yeah, him. it's not not the worst thing to end up with. But no, I'm good. You know. I got two episodes of Thrones left. Hopefully, they don't rip my oh, heart out. So you didn't see what happened? Oh, oh I have seen. Oh, oh, you've been watching live. I was going to spoil it. For yeah, you, th- th- this is a spoiler-free show. I, I, I would have. I, I would have thrown it. the headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Please, please well, don't do that. Because um, well, real quick, the final two episodes. It's just the Night King sitting on a cliff with Thanos because <laughs> he he killed everyone. I'm sorry, Jerry. They're they're uh, they're playing pool. They're shooting a game of pool, talking about what could have been Thanos and the Night King. But listen, on behalf of my co-host Jerry and uh, our two wonderful guests Shane and Jeremy, remember we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. And we will see you on Friday if you're going to check out Patron. And if not, we'll see you next Wednesday right back here in the Dynasty War Zone. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>